Welcome to Season 3 of White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life. Let's discuss dreams, rituals, intuition, angels, the afterlife and other infinite possibilities within and all around you. Season 1 featured interviews with some of the world's leading scientists researching consciousness. Season 2 focused on honest practitioners and the theme of this Season 3 is regeneration, rising like a phoenix from the ashes of confusion, pain and loss. I hope every episode offers you much needed comfort, inspiration, hope and perhaps even a little joy during these challenging times. So, now the scene is set, allow the grey rain curtain of this world to roll back and all to turn to silver glass. Let's walk barefoot on the gentle, glistening sands of white shores and pause a while to gaze at the horizon to see what magic lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely on White Shores, a far green country under a swift sunrise. Welcome to the season finale of season three of White Shores, where I'll be talking to not just one, but two beautiful and authentic angel healers. Now, whenever there is angel talk, my heart sings, as the word angels just encapsulates the essence, the loving and kind truth of spirituality. Indeed, the title of what is likely to be my last angel book, published by Yellow Kite Hodder in March 2021, is The Truth About Angels. And in that book, you'll get a summary of my decades of angel writing and research and experience, as well as my recent work with scientists. It was inspired by the popularity, actually, of the previous season finale, the season finale to season two of White Shores. That episode was called Tipping Point. And in that, I I just chatted frankly about the angel new or now age movement today and my concern about branding and commercializing spirituality and the direction it was going in. I guess I'm uniquely placed to comment, given that I've written so many spiritual and angel story collection books over the years. In those books, I've never claimed to have a direct link to angels, but I've talked about the everyday ways angels connect to people through dreams, intuitions and signs. And I'm infinitely grateful to the true life reader stories of everyday angels that I've been honoured to share. And I'm also super grateful to the scientists who've collaborated with me. My first Sunday Times top 10 bestseller, what many moons ago now, was actually called An Angel Called My Name. That was a collection of angel stories, including my own experience of spirituality. And in the years that have followed, my angels have never failed to guide and inspire me with my writing and my work and my research from the inside out and on rare occasions the outside in. In a flash of intuition, I knew this season finale episode had to be called Loose Angels because both my guests have a touch of the rebel, the maverick about them, and I love that. The true spiritual path is one that doesn't require you to conform or follow, but to be true to who you are, and both my guests have found their own path less travelled. 
My first guest, like myself, has been published by famous publishing houses, but she has always sung her own tune as the original female archangel author and healer. And my second guest was the editor of a leading mind, body, spirit magazine in the UK. And I've known about her precious wisdom and her archangel alchemy teaching system for over five or so years now. She has also contributed a nature ritual to one of my best-selling 21 ritual book series and been a previous guest on season two of White Shores, which showcased honest practitioners. She has always chosen to follow her heart, both my guests have, and that's why I'm so thrilled and honoured they're here today. Now, they do both claim to channel angels. They've trained their psychic abilities to do that, but they do so in such a humble and authentic way designed to empower others through their writings and teachings. I think you're going to love them both and find them both very inspiration, inspirational as they will remind you of one of the most important spiritual lessons you ever need to learn in this life. And that is to be true to who you are rather than what others expect of you. It is so easy to feel pressured to follow or copy others and along the way to lose sight of what truly matters. But I'm convinced when you go to spirit, heaven or the afterlife or whatever you want to call the invisible realm, you won't be asked how well you followed or copied, but whether you fulfilled your own unique potential were the best version of you. Always remember you are an utterly unique miracle of DNA. There's nobody like you, never has been and never will be anyone like you again. Celebrate your delicious uniqueness. That's certainly what my two guests have done and are doing. And it's why I called this episode Loose Angels. It's for everyone who has ever felt pressured to fit in or that they are an outsider. And it's also for all those budding spiritual authors, healers and light workers out there looking for guidance. I hope it gives you a spiritual, motivational and self-belief boost. I hope it will also make you smile or somehow feel lighter as you listen. I do feel laughter is essential for spiritual growth. And if you enjoy our angelic banter, please do let me know as the three of us would love to discuss life, the afterlife and everything mind, body and soul for you in future episodes of White Shores, perhaps inviting another loose angel or two to join us in a regular dose of frank angel talk. (laughs) And while on the subject of future episodes, thank you so much for listening to season three Um, If you haven't checked out season two, where I um, talk to honest practitioners, or season one, where I introduce you to some of the amazing scientists researching consciousness right now, um, if you get a chance, do listen to all those seasons too. There's something for every sensitive soul on White Shores. Um, It's a very eclectic approach to spirituality. And I hope the guests I've spoken to in all, I think it's 65 or so episodes now, goodness, I hope they've all been illuminating. I'm deeply grateful to you for listening as your time is precious and you could be listening to any podcast, yet you chose to be here today. Thank you. This podcast is a labour of love and my only wish is that it speaks to your heart and reminds you of your infinite potential that miracles and signs can be every day, that death ends a life, not a relationship, that life is constant learning and growth, and above all, 
that you are a spiritual being having a human experience. Looking ahead from here, there will be a one-off Whiteshaw's holiday special episode to round off 2020. And then on February the 14th, 2021, Whiteshaw's season four will launch with 21 brand new weekly episodes released each Sunday. I've got some remarkable guests already lined up to talk to you. I'm very excited about it. The theme of season four will be truth. The truth that can set you free, as sadly we do live in times where truth no longer feels sacred and some of that misinformation has seeped into the new or now age movement. And the final piece of music played right at the end by my son and Royal College of Music scholar, scholarship student Robert, who is kindly producing this podcast, can also set you free if you listen to it. It can also remind you of your inner truth and integrity. It feels like the language of angels when you listen. I see angels gliding with my inner eyes when I listen to it. So let me know what you think about it when you listen to it. It's such a famous and beautiful piece. Listen and let the logical and creative parts of your brain unite and bring you some much needed inner angel calm. And on that grow your own wings and become the angel you can be note, it's time now to introduce my first loose angel. Remember, later in the interview, we'll be joined by another loose angel who's flying in and the three of us go on to have an honest and heartfelt chat. I really hope you enjoy it and find it informative and healing. So grab a tea, coffee, chocolate or your favourite herbal brew, settle down in a comfy chair or lie down in a comfy bed and stay tuned. If you would like to find out more about my books, warning, I'm a serial spiritual writer, as well as my features, media, mission and talks, please do visit www.teresachung.com and subscribe to my newsletter for updates as well as free gifts and incredible stories to your inbox. If you have any questions, insights or stories to share, please email me at my trusty angeltalk710 at aol.com email or message me via my author pages on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. I aim to reply to everyone in due course. Season one of White Chores can be found on the podcast page of my website and all seasons can be found wherever you download your podcasts. Be honoured and grateful if you could leave a review as it helps spread the word that spirit is real. Walking beside me today on White Shores is an angel lady with a beautiful healing message to share. You know you've made it in any sphere when no surname is required and that's the case for my special guest, Callista. She is an award-winning author, pioneer of spiritual ascension and a magical leader who truly walks her talk. She has created a number of spiritual healing therapies and through them has helped thousands of souls worldwide to the angelic, elemental and crystalline kingdoms. She believes by healing and, and empowering our lives, we all help all of creation to thrive. Her brilliant book, The Female Archangels, Evolutionary Teachings to Heal and Empower Your Life, is the first book to solely profile who the female archangels are 
and it went straight to number one the day of its release. And after I've spoken to Kalista, I've got another stunning angel gem in store for you in this Bumper Honest Angel Talk episode. We are going to be joined by the original Archangel Alchemist, an awakener, a teacher, a channeler and author, Alexandra Wenman, who was a popular guest on season two of White Shores. I think it was episode 28, which makes sense as that adds together to make the number one. (laughs) She's going to be flying in shortly and the three of us are going to be talking and reflecting about our lives, our work, the angel movement, the new or now age movement today and whether in a pandemic world it can still resonate. So without further ado, let's unleash some truly empowering loose angel talk. Hello, Kalista. Hello, beautiful lady. How are you? Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you because I've admired you from afar for many years now. So thank you so much for finally agreeing to come on White Shores. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. So happy to be here. And the room is filled with angels. So I know that this is going to be a very enlightening conversation. They are. They're not fallen ones, are they? (laughs) (laughs) No, but they do have a lot of humour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, going to plunge in with tough question. We do live in unprecedented times and angels sometimes seem very far away right now as we're recovering from the pandemic, not knowing what the future is going to hold. The world has kind of shifted. What do you feel, being an angel channel, that the angels want us to know now? I mean, they come through every day with different messages for us. And I feel that we all have the ability to communicate with angels because in part we are angelic. Um, But the, the message that keeps reiterating the last few days has been about keeping faith, keeping keeping your faith that the world is not going into some sort of Armageddon times. We are actually moving through. We're moving through we're moving through the old ways, the patriarchal ways are breaking down, and so with that breakdown comes the opportunity for us to face our own resistance and the blocks that have been in our path that we've been creating or aligned with. And so all of that has come into the light on a personal level but also collective level. The angels are here though to say don't don't lose heart, have faith. Have faith that a better world, a brighter world is emerging. And the more of us that can get on board with that vision of peace and freedom rather than uh, the opposite vibration that seems to be spread in the, the media, then the quicker that world will come into being. Thank you. And it's interesting you use the word Armageddon there because it certainly felt 2020. Wow. What a tumult. <laughs> What? What? It felt like a kettle boiling. It like you know that, but you know you you feel very yeah. much that it, the future is bright. Spring is coming. Rather, you know, we've had winter is coming. Now we're spring is coming. Yeah, I mean, solstice at December twenty nineteen was the beginning of a seven year ascension path cycle. So as much as I teach people and help people remember. Um, their angelic presence and connecting with angels I'm also a teacher of ascension of raising our vibration to remember our divinity to embody our divinity and so December 2019 we began this seven-year 
ascension path cycle. And the angel said that every year will bring a different theme. 2020, they said, was going to be the breakdown year, which I just thought was very interesting. Um, I mean, that has definitely played out for sure. It has been the breakdown year. And 2021, that we are starting to feel the energy off as we move towards the solstice, of course, um, is the time of remembrance. So it will be not as catastrophic in many ways. There won't be so much great changes in 2021, but there will be the opportunity to remember who we are. So remember our worth, remember our divinity, remember our truth, our magic. And again, of course, whatever has been in the way of that will come forward. But it's how we approach that. Um, and if we keep in the perspective of faith, then surely we will walk in unison with the angels, with our angelic uh, presence to remember all that we are so yeah I'm very hopeful for next year oh thank you and I actually have felt angels although they seem far away that during 2020 they've actually been closer than ever because so many of us have been forced to think about who we are because think our routines sometimes our livelihoods have been taken away from us yeah and I, it's just yeah. us we're, we're sitting with ourselves aren't we um it's a feel huge. that yeah, it's a huge opportunity, has been, continues to be uh, a time of review, of life review, of spiritual review, of review of relationships. And yeah, it's definitely given us pause and opportunity to review and make the adjustments that were needed. Um, and, you know, the angels, they are, like you say, Teresa, they're, they're here more than ever. They've been surrounding the planet since. Uh, the female archangels anyway, since 2011, when we made that shift from Aquarian age into, sorry, Piscean age into Aquarian age, they've been here sort of waiting in the sidelines for the collective consciousness to arrive to, to rise to such a level that they could come in and interact with us. So they were kind of literally waiting in the wings, but now they are here and we have this great opportunity to work with them Um and really begin to heal and empower the divine feminine within us and within our world. This is this is what the archaea, the female archangels, can help us with. Oh, absolutely. It is I like the way you say it is a choice. It is a choice that we can make. But I guess that choice is so hard if if you know you've lost loved ones, things have gone bad, you know. I'm going to ask this eternal question, Callista. It's one I get asked a lot actually with as a spiritual author, and I'm sure you do. What do you say to, to when people ask you, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm, I know. And from I, I have so much empathy for that because throughout my life, when times have been really tough, um, I've asked I've asked similar questions. Yet. In, in those moments, in those moments of despair or confusion or grief, we are not looking through the perspective of our inner being our higher self if you like our angel self and so we're looking through the eyes of a, a dualistic world and of course through that vantage it, it, hope it's, it's difficult for hope to even shine a little of its light in um, it's only when we begin to pivot our 
our awareness that we start to realize, okay, there are ebbs and flows. There has to be ebbs and flows. It's almost like a movie. You wouldn't go and watch a movie that had no plot twists or it was just the same the same sense of being all the way through that wouldn't that film wouldn't be riveting would it you wouldn't sit there and just watch the same thing (laughs) (laughs) I don't know (laughs) yeah so yeah I see what I I love the way you reference movies because I'm 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 actually you know this podcast all about talking about spiritual themes and movies so thank you for for fast forwarding to that but you know you sometimes I do watch a movie and I know where it's going to go um. <laughs> it was, it was something I was pondering yesterday because we 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 need the ups and downs. We need the con the contrast to to um, uh, help us to break free, help us to come out of our comfort zone, help us to to really realize our worth, our truth, our strength. If we were, if it was just the same, we were resonating with the same vibration. Everybody had the same opinion. There was no diversity. We wouldn't learn. We wouldn't grow. And this is why we're here. So it's almost like if we can, if we can appreciate that in the moments when we are looking through that divine perspective, it when we're in those moments of challenge, we can. It's easier to get ourselves out of the duality, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we learn most, don't we, when we're challenged. Um, that is so interesting. And, and to go back to my movie theme, it's like having Lord of the Rings without Voldemort, isn't it? It's a bit dull. And yeah. Lord of the Rings, not Lord of the Rings, I mean, um, Harry Potter without Voldemort and Lord of the Rings without Sauron. I mean, the hobbits are lovely and everything, but if we stay in the Shire all the time, yeah. you know. It will get boring just watching Sam Wise all the time. <laughs> you know, we- yeah, we, we we need those people. We need... Sadly, yeah. Mm. yeah. Interesting. Oh, so interesting. But let me know. I mean, you've, you've, you've already mentioned female archangels. We're going to go into that, your stunning book in a minute. But can we talk, first of all, for people who are new to you, who are you, Kalista? What's your story? What's brought you to this point where you are devoting your heart and your soul to writing about angels? and the female archangel energy in particular Mm. yeah because what I'm doing right now is my life like I couldn't do anything other than what I'm doing um who am I I am a a reflection of God's source nothing and everything just like we all are um my job is a guide uh to help people to to see their divinity to embody their divinity through working with the angelic kingdom, elemental, unicorn, crystalline kingdoms, just just a very humble guide. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I didn't always do this. I actually was a cancer research scientist for a big part of my my life. It seems like a different life, but it was in this current lifetime. I was a cancer research scientist working in the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical um, industries. And I always had a passion for helping people. I really, really did. And when I was younger, all my family members were either uh, healers of some description in the veterinary world, in the medical world, or there were spiritual mediums. And so spirituality was my bread and butter. Like I, I grew up talking to fairies and knowing that plants had all the medicine that we need to heal disease and and everything like that but then had that short time 
not a short time, a good couple of years being a cancer research scientist. And I went into that direction because I'd experienced a lot of, we talk about those ebbs and flows, I experienced sexual trauma and abuse and bulimia, self-harm. I went through quite a lot of experience, um, life experience, shall we say, and shut down the spiritual side and went more into the academic, more into what I could see physically, hear physically in that life, that very physical 3D life. And it was and it was fine for a while until I got to the point of seeing so much corruption in the pharmaceutical and biotech world and I just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So I left science around about 2005, 2006 and became a herbal medicine practitioner began meditating, connected with angels, began to speak to archangels and the archaea who showed me that I was an angel. Um, They showed me my lineage. I'm still putting my lineage together because I've had many, many lifetimes as an angel, as many different types of angels. And uh, part of my, my life now is bringing that forward, bringing that remembrance. And a big chunk of that at the moment is helping to educate people about the archaea, about who they are. Thank you for that. Um, And you most certainly are. And if you're listening and you are new to Kalista, please do check her out. What I love about her really and why I'm so happy she's walking on white shores with us today is because of her science background. And as you know, I'm very interested in working with scientists who research consciousness looking at people from different walks of life who, who, who are drawn to angels and spirituality. And you have done that. And you've you've actually had your foot in the two worlds, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And are now kind of uniting them, because I'm sure you feel that science and spirit aren't actually that far apart as we think. Yeah, they're, they're not. But And when they work hand in hand, wow, we can create miracles. And there are many, you see many crossovers, like the Heart Math Institute. I'm a big follower of them. Yeah. Yes. And um, science, unfortunately, though, is, is catching up very slowly <laughs> um, to what we've known in our hearts for so long. But it, but it's positive and, it, and it's getting there and there is much more crossover. And we're now even seeing uh, Reiki healers going into hospitals and, you know, delivering. Yeah, I've, I've had some of them on, 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 on White Shores, actually, who are giving Reiki healing in critical care units and things like that. It's amazing. And talking to scientists who really are acknowledging the role of the unseen and invisible and the internal state, mm-hmm. as well as the external. I, I, it's it's beyond exciting. I wish I had many more centuries to, to watch what <laughs> happened, but I, maybe I'll watch it on the other side in spirit. <laughs> But also, just to go back to your life story, it's interesting you mentioned your personal trauma, addictions, and and not not, not addictions, you know, your your eating disorder, whatever. And um, last night, it's I was watching Lady Diana, the story in her own words, and about her struggle with with bulimia, and um, but, and then she when she went out in the world, she just had this loving compassion and empathy. It seems a lot of people drawn to spirituality do first of all have this this um this kind of self not hatred but it's almost like they're battling the physical element of their lives because that's what I, I look at eating disorders it's almost like a denial of the physical form isn't it and and this, in wanting to be pure spirit you know because in times past you know 
fasting was considered saintly. Um, I, I just find that very, very interesting that um, in a lot of spiritual figures, there is this, this wounded element. Yes. Kind of is a crisis or a trigger. Not always, but sometimes. And when you sp- spoke that again, it resonates with people like Anita Morjani, other people I've spoken to who talk about these personal struggles before a big awakening. Um, I think it gives us some degree of, uh, well, definitely a greater sense of empathy so that when we work with our clients or students, we can um, we can really walk in their shoes if we have yes. went through those experiences. But um, actually, empathy, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's, it's a thirst for, it's a hunger and a thirst for spiritual meaning? I mean, I'm starting to look at addictive behavior and all sorts of self-harm as, as a kind of, it's a thirst for meaning that the material world isn't giving you and that the spiritual mm-hmm. perspective is mm-hmm. what can, can help where maybe other, other ways can't. Any type of addiction, um, because for the book, right at the back is an A to Z list of um, different maladies, disease, uh, things like psychic attacks and what angels to work with, like A to Z list. And so for that, for, for to compile that, it took me a while to study with the angels, what's a study with them. And they said that all addictions, um, even things like bulimia, or um, addictions to your mobile phone or addictions to watching Netflix or whatever, you know, the, the more modern day addictions, um, all comes down to feeling separate from our inner being, separate from source, separate to our truth. And so we go, we, we it's almost like we either divert or distract or numb ourselves in order to feel some sense of wholeness um yet these things cannot give us the wholeness they may be give, they may give us some sort of temporary satisfaction but what we're actually looking for is the sweetness of soul spirit and godhood alignment and um we can we can achieve that by having the angels call it a a sadhana a, a spiritual daily practice where we're literally nourishing and feeding ourselves, um and and contributing to that path of becoming whole again so we don't need the foods the alcohol the drugs the sex whatever we don't need to fill up in other ways we can actually just fill up um by turning more to our spirit more to our divinity Absolutely, and, and the twelve-step program. I mean, is spirit the spiritual path, isn't it? It's a kind of foundation for it. And you know, when I spoke to Russell Brand as well, because he saw that 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 at the end, it really is about spiritual growth, isn't it? And that was what what you know, with his addictive past and how it was working through the twelve steps and realizing that there's well, now he's on this spiritual quest. Yes, and, and it's bringing him meaning and satisfaction that none of the other ways he tried to find it could. And isn't it incredible that there's another example of he he has went through his trauma, um, all his trauma that he experienced was in the public eye. I mean, that would give another mm. sort of depth. But yet he has turned to things like Kundalini Yoga, for example, to help him with his addictions. But he. He, yeah, he's very humble with it. I've watched a couple of his videos and he's got it. He knows it. He knows that his part of his ego, part of the soul, um, is looking for the 
the fix, if you like. But yeah. the only the only time where you really will get that fix is coming into alignment with all that you are. But it was funny because he said also that, you know, he's tried everything else. <laughs> so <laughs> the spiritual fix next because it is kind of i mean it is the spiritual path it is quite a it is very intoxicating it's and i find that i'm never bored um and it's endlessly you know because you're constantly learning and growing and um you know it's 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 a wonderful way if you are lacking you know it is the only way for me if you're lacking meaning and purpose and, and wanting that sense of fulfillment but anyway let's get right back to you Callista. you've mentioned female archangels already I have a kind of a, like a more generalist a- approach to angels. I just sort of see them as just one force, you know, because I yeah. champion Star Wars. But can you tell me what, what's what's wrong with the humble angel? Why must it be archangel? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's such diversity in the angelic realms. There's many different types of angels. And there's many more that aren't even in books that I will be talking about at some point. Uh, But right now, um, the Archaea, yes, I mean, angels really don't have a sex. They don't have a gender. They're neither male or female, yet they have a vibration that is relatable to us because they are communicating with human beings on the earthly plane we are male female and gender but then we can go into a different level and identify with the vibration of the feminine and masculine yet in another planet in other because there's many other systems out there we're in a multiverse the angels connect with beings and will relate to them in a different way so they'll take a different form and um, for a very long time, angels have been seen through this masculine filter, like the male archangels and God is male and the son of God is male and everything is, is, is off the masculine. But times have shifted because the feminine needs to be restored, healed, empowered, nurtured within us, also within Gaia, also within the collective consciousness of humanity. This is why the angels are manifesting in this way the archaea and the male archangels are really one it's like a a coin coin has two sides but an essence is still one it's still an angel um does that make sense it does no absolutely it does and um please tell us about your amazing book the female archangels it is the first book isn't it to to focus on this so c- congratulations there and um i find it you know i'm learning from it you know and i've written you know too many angel books <laughs> and um you know i kind of know what's out there and i learned from it so thank you for that i highly recommended it if you are listening um, and you're interested in this, the female archangels by Callista. It's 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 empowering. It's beautiful. Um, so can you tell us about it? I'm so glad. I'm so glad you you got something from it because I always think there's always more. No matter how long we've been in this path, we're eternal students, aren't we? Yes. Um, so yeah, the book the book profiles eleven of the most current. So they said the word on purpose in the book, 12 of the most on purpose archaea for our ascending times. And there's angels in there 
that you might know already, for example, Archie of Faith, the twin of Archangel Michael. She she begins the book. Her chapter is probably the longest chapter out of the 11 because she could talk for <laughs> a long time. Um, she has a lot to say just because her message is so great right now to have faith. And um, and every every chapter profiles the Archaea, helps you to connect with them through energetic attunements. And uh, these attunements help you to really merge your vibration, your awareness with that angel so therefore your connection can become easier you can trust in them you there's a higher resonance of your overall vibration that they are giving you as well and uh, then they give exercises and ceremonies from loving your body more to increasing your financial abundance to helping you to remember your your spirit your godhood the whole gamut Every area of life is covered. They, they, they leave no stone unturned in the book. Oh, thank you. And does, does it link into a course? Do you do online training as well? Because um, obviously in this day and age now, everything's online. Do you offer that? Yeah, uh, Angel Healing, the hands-on certified system, uh, that came to be in 2009. And that was taught as an in-person course for the last 11 years. But obviously with what happened this year, we, we took it online. And so it's over three degrees and um, it's a certified program where you become attuned to not just the 11 Archaea, but actually 17 Archaea and 17 male Archangels. And you learn how to channel with them. You learn how to go up to heaven, the different layers of heaven, um, to remember your guardian angels, how to work with them for you in your home space, for clients, for your family and friends, for your life. It is just, it's, yeah, it's a wonderful program that people gravitate towards really to empower their life as much as to become a practitioner. Uh, if it's as wonderful as the book, I'm sure it'd be amazing. There's a kind of wistful quality to your book, which I loved as well, a light, a light feel. Um, so again, thank you so much for that. If people wanted to order it or find out about you or contact you, Kalista, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so I go by the, the handle Callista Ascension. So if you just put in callistaascension.com, you'll find my website, Callista Ascension on Facebook, Instagram. You can come and find me. And I share often weekly videos with the angels, uh, energy boosts with them and stories, updates, and also you can find the book, uh, The Female Archangels Evolutionary Teachings to Heal and Empower Your Life on Amazon. And it's the original book. There was a book that came out um, about a month after mine with the same title. So just to let you know. <laughs> to well, I'm, I, my vote's for your one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. I think it's, it's absolutely authentic. Um, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but... Uh, I think people listening will know where I'm heading with my opinion. Oh, to read um, I have to mention also, um, there's an incredible artist who I was working with for the book, Mary Jo, um, who created imagery. And it took us three years to create these images of the angels and they're inside the book. So that's yeah. another way that people can connect. And uh, the coloured version 
um, a special edition hardback is coming out really soon so people can see all the colours and the spiritual rays and the fires and everything of each angel. So that's going to be exciting. Oh, well, it is exciting. And there's always going to be lots of books about topics, aren't there? And it's, I guess that's good in a way because people can find what resonates with them. Yeah. But if you want something authentic, some a lady who's come from the world of science, um, fiercely intelligent um, and empowering and loving and authentic, who works from the heart, this is the female archangel. That's why I, I, I felt drawn to it. But we're all, we're all drawn to things for personal reasons, aren't we? So... Um, you know, there's, that's the wonder of the world today. There's something for everyone, isn't there? Um, but have you, do you have a website as well? I do, yeah, callistaascension.com. And can people order your book via your website? Can they email you there? Yeah, they can email me there and they can order through Amazon and Waterstones, Barnes & Noble, all the bookstores. And Callista, that's C-A-L-I-S-T-A, right? That's it. What does that mean, the power of a name? Is that your real name? Because it's no. almost too celestial. <laughs> that, that name was given to me 2007 when I really began to meditate daily with the angels and they literally gave it to me. I was born with a name called Catriona. And, uh, it's oh, that's only, lovely too. I like that name. Yeah, very, very Scottish Gaelic name. Callista means... Uh, most beautiful or or inspired and which is quite nice because I like to think that everything I do helps to sprinkle some inspiration I love that because it's like Madonna Kylie (laughs) that's where I've gone wrong because nobody can say my surname everybody forgets the H in Teresa (laughs) come on angels give me some name Gem. How about Gem? No, what, what, what could it be? Gem or Jewel. I've got a friend called Jewel. I love her name. <gasps> Jewel. Oh, I'd probably get something awful, you know, like, you know, that, you know, sort of like, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, Angel. <laughs> it is funny, my name, actually, because, you know, I, I, I've, I've always sort of like been quite low key in my approach and I never really thought about the name being important. It was more the subject matter. But increasingly, yeah. we live in a world where it is all about this. Everybody thinks I'm Chinese. I'm not. My husband is. Um, and um, <laughs> nobody knows where to place me. So I'm going to I'm going to work on that in the future. You know, the further hundred Teresa Chung books that are out there. I'm going to have a big name. Can you think of something beginning with a T, maybe? <laughs> I will, I will. Oh, something from Lord of the Rings is coming. Something, something magical. Turquoise. How about that? Turquoise. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I really do. Um, anyway, um, can I have a movie recommendation, a spiritual movie recommendation? Because my listeners know now every week they get a, a movie recommendation. So Callista recommends something that's got a spiritual theme that has moved you. It can oh, be anything, it can be obscure, yeah. um, or it can be world famous, it doesn't matter. Something that you feel has an underlying spiritual message. Actually, it's a movie I watched a couple of days ago, and it's based from the makers of The Secret, which um, I know I know some people in the New Age world think that's a little bit hammy, <laughs> those teachings, but nevertheless... No comment. <laughs> nevertheless. I really liked this movie. It was just a very, it had a lovely message. It's called Dare to Dream. Dare to Ooh. Dream. And you can Is it find on Netflix? It. 
Yes, it's with Katie yes. Holmes. And it's just a lovely, light movie. It's got a really nice vibration and it will help you to just feel... Is more... it a documentary or is it a, a fiction? Is it? No, it's fiction. It's fiction, oh, really? but it's based on the teachings of um, if you change the way that you look at things, things you look at change. You know, that basic teaching of the law of attraction. Oh, thank you so much. That's a beautiful recommendation. And thank you, Callista, again. Um, I'm now going to invite Alex in. You remember I said the Archangel Alchemist at the beginning of this episode? So you're really getting some angel lady power in this episode. Um, and I love that we are talking here as there's such power in collaboration. Hello, Al. Hi guys, nice to be here. It's been wonderful listening to both of you. And Teresa, I was just, I thought of a, a name for you. I think we should call you Tanzanite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tanzanite star. Tanzanite star Chung. I think that's the perfect name for you. <laughs> oh, okay, from now on everyone, I'm no longer Teresa Chung. I am Tanzanite. Thank you, Al. <laughs> three angel ladies together, like the three witches in Macbeth, perhaps, depending on your perspective. <laughs> I asked you today, as you also have such a, an empowering message to share about angels and a stunningly illustrated card pack coming out next year, please can you tell us about yourself quickly for those of you who haven't listened to season two episode 28 and if you hasn't shame on you it's a brilliant episode yeah. go and check that out but can you just tell us a little bit about you for those who haven't listened to that and then about your amazing card pack oh well I guess briefly I've been seeing and and working with angels since I was a child and and many other different guides and beings and realms and I've sort of always had um the ability to see beyond the 3D. And I, I, I think it's because, well, partly because I had many other existences before coming into this one, as we all have, but I, I died at birth and um, had a very traumatic birth. So I think I came in quite open as a result of that, a little bit like having a near-death experience before I'd even really begun. And um, I, I've been working with the angels and particularly the archangels Gosh, I don't even really remember when it sort of reopened in me, but they've just always been around. I always had Archangel Ariel around me, even as a child. I could hear that name. I always had a guide around me or something around me um, called Ariel. And I used to see lions and images of lions on the ceiling of my bedroom when I was young. I could see them almost dancing across the ceiling like CGI. And um, so it just sort of, you know, I didn't never put two and two together. I didn't realize till many years later that Archangel Ariel is known as the lioness of God. And she was always the sort of number one that would come in. And um, I actually wrote a children's book about her many years ago. Um, but the Archangel cards have been going for about 10 years. It's a project that's been going for 10 years. And I started uh, writing about my work with the Archangels in Prediction Magazine when I was the editor and I had a column called Archangel Alchemy in the magazine. Uh, and the cards are basically uh, just a, a continuation of that, really. They just sort of developed and then I started teaching workshops and 
and incorporating it into my healing sessions, just the way that the angels would work through me. And a little bit like Callista says, they, they teach us about their flames. They work with this beautiful, stunning, angelic fire energy. And when you work with the archangels, the idea is to embody them. And so the way that I teach about them is really that they are part of us. They're not something separate. It's part of our own consciousness. And you can actually embrace and embody their teachings by just meditating on their energy and these beautiful flames. And so my my oracle deck is actually called the Archangel Fire Oracle. And it, it incorporates these alchemical teachings of the archangels that I've been channeling for all these many years. And yeah, each card is, it's like an alchemical journey through 40 different archangels, all of their teachings, and there's meditation processes for each one. And ultimately, there's a little message that says at the bottom, become the angel, and it shows how you can incorporate the teachings into your daily life. Because, you know, I I say at the beginning of the book, you know, it's all very well believing in angels and thinking about, you know, fluffy rainbows and things and everything's all magical but we're humans and we're here to live a human existence and we're actually here to bridge heaven to earth so that doesn't always look light and fluffy that can sometimes be difficult and hard and awkward and we're here to embrace a lot of our shadow side so that we can then live more joy in our daily life so it's about I guess coming into acceptance of the heavier parts of being human embracing that loving ourselves more deeply, bringing in deeper levels of forgiveness, and then enabling ourselves to blossom into who we really are, coming into our true divine essence, so that we can actually live heaven on earth. I don't see heaven as somewhere you fly off to. I think that we in our human selves, in our human bodies are the bridge to that. So yeah, they're they're sort of like they're an oracle, as in you can pull a card and get a daily message, but you can also go through each of the processes in order to it's like an attunement I suppose where you go through the the attunement process to become the angel in your own daily life and and there's many different aspects to that so but they're beautiful they're beautifully illustrated and I can't wait they're coming out in April but they're available to pre-order now so it's all very exciting and I can't wait to hold them in my hands Oh, that certainly resonates with me and in my books too. become the angel is increasingly where I'm going with my angel thinking, writing and research. And um, I've actually had a sneak peek at um, one or two of the illustrations for these cards and everyone, they are gorgeous. Um, uh, A gift for yourself and or a loved one or somebody needing inspiration. I couldn't recommend them enough. Al, where can they people order them? Is it obviously Amazon? Yeah, um, they're Amazon. Give your website as well and how people can contact you. Absolutely. Thanks, honey. Um, My website is alexandrawenman.com. And, yeah, you can order them through there. I think I've linked through to the Amazon on there. So it's Amazon um, UK and .com. And you can also order them through the Inner Traditions website if you're in America. Uh, My publisher is Findhorn Press. So through Findhorn or Inner Traditions, you can get hold of them as well. And they are available to pre-order now. And once you um, once you receive your cards, there is a little QR code in the back as well that will link you through to some free gifts as well. There's a, a free meditation and a, and a poster that you can download and some other goodies there as well. Oh, it sounds so exciting. And um, I've been, like with Callista, I've been aware of you for for a while, Alexandra, you know, your archangel alchemy work, your precious wisdom and all that you do. And I think we briefly crossed paths when you were editor of Prediction. 
And then, of course, a couple of years ago, was it a year ago? Gosh, time's gone. We, we worked together on a book about rituals, didn't we? We did indeed. Um, and um, it's just such an honour to, to, to be in your orbit. Um, and I really hope everybody has a look at your cards and 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 Callista's book. I mean, I'm just so excited. I'm kind of awestruck with you two, and now oh, I feel right. like you are, are Ariel, Callista, and Tanzanite. I think that, that's <laughs> where we've got to go, girls. We've got you know, Callista's got. <laughs> it's too much of a mouthful, Alexandra Wemmon. It's like Teresa Chung. It's just yeah, it's long. There's a lot of letters in that name and a lot of syllables. It's very. You know, there's like nine letters in my first name, but I quite like that. It's the goddess number, isn't it? The number nine. Oh, yes, it is. It's a powerful, powerful name, Alexandra, as well. It's, for me, it seems like courage and strength it and determination. It actually means defender of mankind and helper of God. So it was now, no small karma that I took on in being named now, this. When man, when man, that sounds like wingman. Is that your husband's surname or is it yours? It's mine. I didn't actually change my surname when I got married because, well, I, ever since I was a child, I loved my surname and I didn't even know what it meant. And then I had an experience, I had an experience a number of years ago where I felt very drawn to a particular star constellation in the sky and I actually had a weird meditation where I was taken there and it felt like home, this, um, this particular realm. And the constellation was called Origa and Origa is actually known as the charioteer. And um, as a separate aside, um, Tony was asking me if I would take his surname when we got married, and I said no. And I and I was very strong about this. I mean, I'm a bit of a feminist anyway, but it was no. This is my name, and I'm not changing it for love nor money. And you can forget it. And he went, "Well, do you even know what it means?" And I was like, "Oh, I suppose I should find that out." And he, I looked up Wenman, and it comes from the French word Wainman, which actually means the wagoner, and the wagoners were known as the bearers of news. And huh. so I was like, well, I'm a news bearer. I'm a channel. I, this is exactly my name. It's what it should be. And around the same time, I was doing a, a Merkabah workshop in Glastonbury. And I got guided into the Chalice Well Garden bookshop. And this book basically fell off the shelf. Like it was like right in front of me. And I, I picked it up and it fell open in my hands to the page for Origa. And it was called A Dictionary of Star Names. And it opened on Origa and I looked down and I nearly fell over because it said Origa the charioteer also known as the Wainman constellation the wagoner or the bearer of news so it was basically my surname was connected to this star I mean you couldn't make it up it was absolutely crazy well well done you though for keeping your name up but I was between a rock and a hard place with my son because my maiden name is Payne Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I could be a pain or a chung. And I think, you know, spiritual author with a surname, pain. It's a, yeah. like, it's a bit like the wounded healer, isn't it? <laughs> well, in my early books, when I was a health writer, I actually changed it to Francis. Um, and when I was at university, I did, because um, it was the pain, because obviously Teresa Payne went to Spain, I remember, in a chocolate aeroplane. <laughs> went so high. Landed in a pigsty. I don't know. Something like I remember the tree. You know, tree. You know, it was just terrible surname to have. You know, and I had Tim Freck on here actually, and he was saying that you know because I was 
wanting to say freak rather than freak and it is actually pronounced freak and I thought we'd it'd be the pain and freak show pain and freak show That's brilliant. <laughs> so he, felt, he was such a good sport we had such a laugh about our surnames that maybe the series that we'd become spiritual authors was because of the trauma of our surnames <laughs> That's just good. to overcome that but now I have the three of you together. Calista, you haven't gone to sleep, have you? I wanted to say that the more syllables that you have in your name, the stronger your vibration. I don't know if you know that, but that's something oh, that wow. you told me. So when you look at Alexandra, that's a lot of women. That's a lot of, that's a lot of syllables. I so. have a lot of names too. I'm Alexandra Claire Julia Wenman. Well, Julia was my confirmation name, but obviously I'm I'm a very lapsed Catholic. That's all gone down the toilet. But <laughs> <laughs> well, my I have two middle names. <clears throat> First ever. This is a big. This is a hot reveal. This. Oh wow! My middle names are Teresa Ingrid because my father was a fan of Ingrid Bergman, the actress, of and course. then Adinda, which oh. is a tribute to my mother's Indonesian roots because Adinda is like. Juliet, you know, Romeo and Juliet, there's a love Beautiful story, Adinda name. and Saeedra. Yeah, Adinda is my Indonesian name. So I'm Tia, Tia Payne. So, yeah. Wow. wow. Tia Strong name. Strong. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's, let's talk, the three of us, um, um, let's talk about angels today. Um, and um, I really feel that sounds like a newspaper that we should do one day. But, you know, there are a plethora of psychics and healers and light workers out there as never before, aren't they? Um, and I'm say- we're saying this in hindsight now, but there wasn't that much warning from the psychic and healers, not that I could remember in, the, in 2019. I, I know some astrologers were indicating that 2020 was going to be a big shift, but I don't remember there being any people sort of saying 2020, watch out. What do you feel about that? Because that's used as I'm seeing, you know, people say, well, if you're psychic, why didn't you yeah. predict yeah. 2020? What, what are your thoughts on that? I I think um, I think a lot of people were blindsided. I mean, from my perspective, the angels said that it's going to be the breakdown year. So I was kind of waiting on the sidelines to see what would happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think things have played out perfectly. Because uh, if we had known, perhaps we wouldn't have, you know, surmounted the challenges that we have done. Mm. Yeah, sometimes it's better not to know, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah. I actually think about this because although I worked on the premonition code, you know, with Dr. Mossbridge about looking into the future, and actually, I think I came to the conclusion that maybe it is better we don't know. I think it was meant to be a shock. My, I, mm. I looked back. I found a couple of channeled messages that I brought through in 2017 and 2018 a couple couple of them I published and some of them didn't I put think I put them on social media and my guides and angels kept talking about a shock wave coming to humanity but they wouldn't they didn't go into any detail about what that was and I don't think I took it seriously like I think I thought oh yeah a shock wave like we're going to get a wake-up call didn't quite imagine that it was going to be on quite the scale that it is but I know that there have been a lot of people, a lot of channels and a lot of healers and astrologers talking about this huge, big shift, this new paradigm we're moving into. I guess I think we thought it was going to be a little more gentle or slower than than it is. And actually, this is it. We're in it. I almost feel, even though it's been very difficult for a lot of people and, and we're, we're all literally 
in shock on one level or another, it is like a huge big wake-up call. It's making us really, as individuals and as a collective, turn our attention inward and look at what really matters to us, what is going to make our, our hearts sing, where are we meant to be with our lives. A lot of light workers went through all of this or have been through all of this before this time as well. Like I know personally and a lot of my clients and colleagues, we've been through this huge breaking down of our personality, of any anywhere we're, we're overly attached to materialism, um, I, for one, had my whole life pulled out from under me several times um, over the years and definitely in the course of my life going through big dark nights of the soul. And I think it's all been preparation for this time now. And now I'm mm-hmm. kind of seeing a lot of people who've been working behind the scenes, myself included, being pushed to step up, to be more public with our work because some of what we do it's downright weird. You know, I know talking about <laughs> Tell me about it's really it. Weird, you know, that that leads, me, yeah. leads me on to my, my next question is that, you know, I've alluded to this several times and actually my season two finale, oh, it's so funny, I never thought I'd be in the position to say I'm doing a season finale, um, was where I talked about my concern about the unregulated lightworkers out there, the plethora of, of healers, mm. self-appointed often, um, and and how can you tell what's authentic or not? You know, the rise of this phenomenon of spiritual narcissism, you know, where it's more about ego and, and getting cash than about truly helping people. Um, do you both feel, I mean, you, you kind of like me, you're both in the New Age movement, but going your own way. You know, Kalista, I know you've been published by a very well-known publisher. I have too. Al, you've been editor of Britain's leading um, Mind Body Spirit Museum. Do you feel that the new age, which is sometimes called the now age because millennials are embracing it so much, has kind of lost itself? Yeah, it's it's kind of got diluted, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's got diluted. I think a lot of it has became so commercialized, and um, what, yeah. especially with social media, um, doesn't help either. But then. I think a lot of even light workers, especially this year, who perhaps thought that they were awake and were on their path, have been shaken. Have been shaken. Have yeah. been shown. Have been shown that actually, maybe they are still playing out through the ego, and there's underlying dynamics of you know the three D and the four D world still within their consciousness. I, I've I've saw that a lot. You know, especially spiritual teachers probably being maybe all of us have been challenged I definitely know that I've been challenged this year um, to wake up even more and uh, I think those that are in it just for a means of diversion or distraction or entertainment that's exactly what they will receive you know they'll they'll attract the healers the psychics that are on that level of vibration but those who are really in it because it's a way of life and um, they will gravitate towards each other, almost like we've gravitated towards each other, because we're all, we're all, we all have our different perspectives on working with the angelic realms, for example. But we are, we're all very much authentic with it. There is no ego, which is so refreshing, don't you think? Oh well, I I've got to this age and stage now. Um, you know, maybe when I began, it was slightly different because when you're younger, you you do what's expected of you. Where if I don't feel it. If I don't feel this to be genuine and real, I simply can't do it. 
Yeah. Um, and it has to be what I feel to be real. It has to be research. It has to be authentic. I can't be any other other way. And if you're listening and you're not sure what I'm talking about, do check out this wonderful comedian called J.P. Sears and mm. his ultra spiritual videos. Um, when I'm talking about spiritual narcissism and, and, and this trend of Instagram friendly spiritual gurus, you know, doing <laughs> yoga poses. Many on, of them. <laughs> in this, have you watched them? I mean, it's hilarious. The isn't it? Yoga is one of my clients calls it. <laughs> really? Oh, Jesus. Like, if they use the term woke, you know, if they're woke, well, you know, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, but there is pressure. I mean, because we've all been with publishers, there is pressure, isn't it, to conform? And to to walk a certain path that's been set out before, isn't there? And um, but as I say, I've got to an age and stage when I have to to write only what I can genuinely feel is authentic. I can't I can't follow a script anymore. I can't, yeah, you know, be the new age guru who you know as they perceive new age gurus should be. If there is, I just can't do it. Um, yeah, I will. I like to think that everybody is becoming more savvy in a way that they can smell and sense what's truth and they can and discern the opposite. I, I really do feel that. And it's almost like if when you go on social media, for example, and you see people marketing their courses or their products, you can tell if they're coming from the heart mm. or you can tell if they're just coming from, you know, the ego or just to line their wallets and it, it's sad to say but a lot of the industry a lot of the publishers for example are more focused on making money than they are for their business aren't they they're a business at the end of the day promoting the messages promoting the actual spirituality that's going to help people it's more about okay let's just make some money oh crystals crystals is a buzzword let's do stuff about crystals it's like come on people just yeah. wait yeah, yeah. People yeah. Are going through it now I think I think also the hard, one of the hardest paths you can walk in this on this earth is the path of integrity because there's been historically so many things to come up and tempt you off that path. But that is also a huge part of the spiritual awakening journey is discernment. And so that you get, you have to, for example, you know, when you're a student, when you're in that seeking phase and you, you want to learn, you, you kind of get hungry for anything spiritual and it becomes like, like what you were saying, like a little bit of an addiction. It's like, oh, course junkie, who can I learn from next? What course can I do? But part of that is also navigating who's going to be the best teacher for me, who's in alignment with me, and then not allowing yourself to put anyone else on a pedestal or think anyone is better or lesser than you. It's allowing yourself to to really find what is true for you. And your truth might be completely different to somebody else's truth. But I think something that's made me feel really sad in recent years is, is there's a lot of copycat behavior going on in our industry. And I won't, I won't talk <laughs> yeah. outwardly too much about it, but I've seen quite a yeah. lot of this. And I think that it comes down to value. I think, first of all, the lesson is if somebody is copying you or your work, you know, are you valuing yourself enough to protect your work? Stand up for it, yeah. Stand up um, for it. Mm, and if you mm. feel the need to copy somebody else's work, are you valuing yourself enough to believe that you can bring through your own work, mm -hmm. you can be in your integrity, and that you are you are worthy enough to shine your own light? We're all here to carve our own path. You know, it's the hardest thing is when you're in the wilderness, and you're trying to find your way out of the wilderness. 
And there's all these other paths that people have taken before you, but the, the real gift is in finding your own way out of that because we're all unique. We all have our own particular programs and patterns in our humanness that we have to work through. And unfortunately, following somebody else's path is not going to give you the lessons that you need to get for yourself. You have to find your own way out. And and that I mean, imitation has courage. its value in when you're, especially when you're younger. You know, we, you know, we we learn from our parents by imitating what they do, and we learn from teachers. But there has to become a time when you move from that belonging and imitating stage to becoming, mm, exactly. Um, you know, um, to becoming who who you truly are. But when you do that, also you tend to get criticism um and oh this isn't what we expected or (laughs) Mm. why can't you just say you know what's always been said um but I do know in new age there is a certain regurgitation of ancient wisdom and ancient truths I mean spirituality is very simple at the end of the day it's the message of compassion empathy kindness you know um and there are different ways of approaching that but um yeah it, it 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 is um I have um expressed my my concerns about the new age movement as it is today but i'm sure that it's going to evolve i think everything does i think with everything there's always going to be the opposite it's like in the states when they all started that you know the gmo industry started the opposite Mm. to be all the whole food shops the supermarkets that we don't unfortunately have especially here in scotland we don't have them yet um but the opposite it always comes out so i'm really hopeful that the age that we're coming into, the spiritual age, is going to be one where people are not going to rely on another person's truth. Like they won't need to go to a healer or a psychic or a course. Perhaps if they want to, that's absolutely fine, but not rely on that as a means of being being the, the portal of divinity. Instead, they can see that divinity within themselves and realize actually okay, I can just tune in to this question that I have instead of going to a psychic or actually I have the means to heal my body and and so forth. Like I, I really envision that that is the new earth that we are all creating. So if we get to a point of saturation of it does become so superficial, I'm sure the opposite will come, will come to be where people are actually tuning in more to themselves. You know, I really hope that that's coming. And that's why I wanted you both on here, because you both have that end goal. And I love that, um, you know, and it is great to go on courses and to 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 read books and to follow people. And I, I kind of equate it sometimes to almost like if you're depressed and you're given a short course of antidepressants, that helps get you out. It can yeah. help you. in, yeah. in, in a, But the, the goal always is that you grow your own wings. And, you know, how your cards are all about that. Yeah. And yeah, the female archangel is. It's all about that too, isn't it? Becoming mm. becoming the female archangels. Um, I love that message and I can't thank you both enough because I have got very disillusioned actually. I think people listening to my podcast will have sometimes sensed that and I'm thinking, I you know, I, I and you two, you know, and, and all my guests on White Shores, all of them are, are people I thoroughly admire. Um and uh and I and just, just so thrilled that the two of you decided to end this season but I'm really hoping that if you've enjoyed this episode that we can hear more from Ariel Callista and uh, <laughs> it's gonna stick I'm sorry I'm sorry it sounds like some medication doesn't it <laughs> I, can, I can see the banner the image of all of us you as a crystal and 
and Alex with her lioness mane. Over. How about we get t-shirts and mugs? Have you got your Kirsten mug? <laughs> you see, I'm going right down. I have to be careful. And that, that's interesting, actually, because when I first went on social media about five, six years ago, and, um, you know, I, I was kind of like doing this spiritual stuff and there was a massive reaction. I lost, I'm going to be honest, I lost myself completely. Mm. Um, and I had to step away. Um, you know, social media is is very intoxicating, isn't it? It gives you an illusion of, of popularity or, or connection, maybe. What are your thoughts on that? You know, your, your social media work. There's a, I'll just share first, there's a, there's an angel called Archaea Purity, who's the other half of Archangel Zadkiel. And um, she, she wrote a lot in the book as well as Archaea Freedom. They wrote, they wrote a lot in the book about social media and how much that we, our vibration, it can easily be mixed with the vibration of somebody's feed or their posts. And I think when people are posting, they don't, I don't think they're conscious of putting their feelings and their energy into their posts. But those who are sensitive, which pretty much most of us isn't it, we're all empathic and sensitive, we're starting to feel and take on these energies from from social media. Mm-hmm. And so these angels are just highlighting the fact of when you are in that sort of trans like state of being where you're scrolling through feeds or posts just be really really aware of what you're engaging with like the energy and if there are pages that you follow that are just the messages it leaves you feeling drained then come into your conscious choice and just take yourself away from that you know really be aware of what you're what you are interacting with yeah. I mean, for me, the rule of thumb is if you wouldn't look at this in in real life or mm. say this in real life or do this, don't do it online. You know, the online world is not a kind of like avatar. It is it is you yeah. now these days, isn't it? And um, if you do, if you click on anything that you wouldn't normally do, if it was in a bookshop or whatever, <laughs> that's what the rule of thumb I I I I apply now but you know I've come back to social media now and I'm really enjoying it but as I said because I'd never gone online I was really scared of it you know Facebook or Instagram oh I'm terrified you know my children and my readers coaxed me on and and then I I got lost myself in it for a year or two but your post and then I had to to step away you're really Mm. putting up some inspiring stuff and I think that we have we have the power now with social media to put out such inspiring and beautiful messages and to use it for our advantage i think it it, it some of it can be you know i know that some yeah. of it triggers people's insecurities but i think that there's so much we can do that is good that can put out a positive message mm-hmm. and i know that both you and Callista are putting out beautiful messages i put uh, um I put all my poetry up there, so if I have a poem, oh, I, I love your poems. I just put I them out. I posted, I shared some of your poems, haven't I? And we um, have. I, yeah. I think both both of you do a, a beautiful job because it's just like a feel good boost on when you get it on your news feeds. And thank you. And I can't take credit for all my social media because I do have help. I'm very fortunate to have my um, daughter's boyfriend who's a training architect helping helping me with it you know I do approve it all and and of course my son and daughter so I've got this youthful energy because they understand social media in a way that I can't so the lockdown has gifted gifted me that opportunity to learn 
learn about it but um struggle for me and I don't know how you feel about this how, you know because obviously we we are authors all three of us we have products and you know that's how we earn our living you know because you know like if you're a hairdresser you, you charge for your haircut and it's for me it's difficult especially when I have a book coming out and the publisher's saying can you please put this on your social media can you change your banners and I can't I find that so hard mm. because whenever I change my banners I, I just feel a like part of my soul dies and I can't do it anymore I'm going to keep my white short banner <laughs> I will do I will do a post but it's I I just don't like this kind of like here's your book goodbye it's very difficult and oh, I think spiritual people do struggle value with that your work too honey value your message mm. and I think put it out there shout about it you know you have so much beauty and and love and value to bring to the world. I'm much happier when I'm just posting, you know, beautiful sunsets yeah. or you know, lovely quotes. But you shout about it because people, you know what? For all the people that are not in their authenticity, that are out there, that are great at marketing and pushing their stuff onto people, do you find no that people like you? Thank you. But do you find because when they say like, do a video about your book, I get the giggles, and honestly, it's like three hundred takes. <laughs> I can't I literally can't force creativity like if somebody <laughs> says to me I remember my first uh and they're they're like the main publisher for spirituality said to me you know where's your second book where's the proposal yes. and it was literally when Unicorn Rising, my first book was out, they wanted the second proposal like straight away in. And I said, oh, I, yeah. I cannot force it. I just, I can't turn a tap and all this creativity comes out. It's got to, I've got to be authentic. I've got to be in the moment. And so um, I, I get like that, like the giggly or the nervous or the stressed out when it's being asked of me and it's not naturally coming through in the moment. So it literally... I just yeah. know, I know now to just wait and sort of let people. Yeah, they they can wait. <laughs> they can wait. <laughs> but sometimes when you're under contract, you have to do these things. So just know, everyone, when yeah. you see me do a rare video on on my socials, not only is my family cracking up in the background, but it's probably take four hundred and twelve or something. <laughs> I was saying to someone this morning, you know, it doesn't matter how how good you are at it or how confident you seem, we all still have fears that we have to overcome. You know, you hear about even the most famous people or the most successful people are still, you know, especially with this subject matter, I think coming out of the spiritual closet and especially when, you know, you're a real weirdo like me. <laughs> really That's an understatement, everyone. I've been hiding for so long and, I, and I'm still, you know, even, you know, I push myself to promote my stuff, but then I kind of go and hide and like put something out and then run and like, go and watch Netflix or something completely different to get my mind off it you know I I didn't do that it's none of my business what anyone thinks of what I've said you know it's like (laughs) I I hope when the pandemic comes down and you two go out and do talks again because you know you are both magic in person and online Um, and I hope people just the laughter and uh, the 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 authenticity so I, I do hope in time that comes back I think there's, there's three like of us need to go out and do something on the road together yeah only, only in our personas yeah. you see if I come with my Tanzanite persona I will be good oh then yeah it's not, it's not, it's not and Tanzanite on tour okay okay <laughs> <laughs> one of those vans and get spray painted with her pictures oh yes <laughs> 
<laughs> How about we do a song, you know, an Enya-like song? That would be good. Because Al, you're also a musician, aren't you? A beautiful voice. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my Was God. that your first single? Oh, well, I, we'll see. I don't know. I've, I've learned, um, I'm learning all these beautiful, um, I'm, a, I'm an operatic soprano, a lyric soprano. They are. Uh, can you sing? Oh, wow. Backing, backing vocals, maybe? Um, yeah, I can carry, carry a note. I actually just collaborated with a Oh, yeah, you've got an album, honey. Tell her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know. You see, I didn't know this. I had no idea. Yeah. Sorry, Phyllis. I didn't know. No, it's okay. It she's a scientist. She's an angel expert. She's a singer. You're greedy. <laughs> just stop it. No, no, no. I wasn't singing it. I wasn't singing. I was just helping. <laughs> I was helping this amazing songstress called Felicia Farrar. Oh, um, she's name. <laughs> yeah, she's got a quick, amazing name. So yeah, the last seven months we've been um, creating the music of the female archangel. So inspired by the book, oh. she's composed music, and it is—it really is epic. We we thought it would be a meditative album, but it's, some of the tracks are like really booming, and they just—they are asking you to get up and dance. And oh yeah, it's amazing. Well, wow. music is the language angels speak, isn't it? You know, it's why we're insisting. you're going to get a lovely music, musical gift at the end, played by my son. And, um, you know, I just feel that music, it just speaks, says things, words can't. Um, oh, I didn't know that. So there we are. You know, we have a potential new age band forming. Multi-talented <laughs> angels in it. <laughs> ACT, what is that? Um, Italian territory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting very, very irreverent now, so stop it, Teresa. <laughs> so I'm going to round things up now because people probably, because, you know, people do listen to this before they go to sleep. I have been told many times, so probably everybody's sound asleep right now. It goes in. Um, so it doesn't matter really what you say. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been chatting so long. So I'm going to round up. Al, I need a spiritual movie recommendation for you and then a word of advice oh, or just something something okay. gorgeous. And then, so Calista, can you round it up with your beautiful empowering advice too okay so my well my spiritual I've got two spiritual movies well they're kind of not spiritual they're a bit of fun so the first one is the dark crystal um which is a Jim Henson film <sighs> which I love and it, it, it's very much like about this time where the darkness is coming to light and we need to heal the earth so it's a beautiful movie it, it I watched it when I was about five years old so I don't know why my mother let me it was a bit scary for a kid but it's it's a beautiful movie um and stardust which has um claire dane oh, i and love that movie Nero, it's one of my favorite movies so christmas you know and i guess my my message or my 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 parting words of wisdom are along those lines it's it's about letting yourself shine you know however weird and wonderful you are follow your heart follow your truth and even if your truth looks different to everybody else's that's what we're here to do. We're here to be uniquely ourselves and create our own version of heaven on earth. And I wholeheartedly believe that if every human being was allowed to live according to their heart and the calling of their heart, their true desires, as long as they don't bring harm to anyone, then the world would be a very happy and peaceful place. Whatever that looks like, we're not all the same. We're like snowflakes and fingerprints. So be uniquely you and let yourself love yourself. That's what the angels want us to do, to love ourselves wholeheartedly and forgive ourselves for anything we think we could have ever said, thought or done that was not divine because we are divine. We're beautiful beings of light. So 
go forth and shine is my advice. <laughs> oh, Calista. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I have Archaea Faith. She always comes in when we do podcasts and sharing. So she is here and her message always this throughout this whole year has been to open her heart to open our heart at the front, at the back, at the side, just to hold that visualization on a regular basis. And the more that we do that, we start to grow wings from the back of our heart. Real, real etheric wings start to start to come out. And I think again, if we took Alex's message of honoring our truth and just letting ourselves shine, as well as opening our wings every day, oh my God, we would rise above any of the drama, the hype, the illusion, and we would really see the universal truth that we're all here to have a divine experience. We are God in the process of remembering and to just also have fun along the way, just to have fun, to not be so heavy and to look at your spiritual path as something to solve, but just as a a beautiful adventure just to let it unfold and be in the joy of it oh well, thank you you two you've achieved what no other guests on white show have done you've stunned me into silence that's oh. just absolutely gorgeous thank you so much and i'm so hopeful now for 2021 and the years ahead um because of people like you out there um you know lighting the way thank you so much for rounding off season three in such a sublime way keep shining bright thank you for having me so much love thank you thank you from my heart for being here and walking beside me in spirit on white shores sensitive kind and compassionate souls like you who see beyond the material are needed more than ever today to help the world heal Thank you to Clan Ree for the blissful episode music. And do check out the show notes for all details about this episode and my contact details. I'm going to say goodbye for now with a musical or literary offering, a piece of heaven for you to take away and store in your heart as you return refreshed to your one precious life. Until we meet again on these white shores, keep being amazing spiritual you. Sending my eternal love and gratitude. Mm.